You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello and welcome. Good afternoon, Sitor. Hello to you. So vibrant. I am. Hello. I am all shades of colour. <laughs> you know, like yellow, red, green, blue. The rainbow of colours. That's my vibrancy. I'm telling you to be careful because that could be a whole other statement that you don't even know you're making. It's not racially charged. <laughs> it's just... Or gender charged. Not or gender life charged. charged. Or self charged or anything. No. It's just... It's just I am feeling all the colours of the world. He is a person who thinks he's very funny. So we just have to um, like humour him because he thinks he's humoring us. So don't tell him I said that. <laughs> what was you <she> saying? <laughs> and he's hard of hearing. Huh? So the before the after the show was not that. Before the after the show discussion. It was uh, you tinkering and... I wasn't even tinkering this time. Everything was perfect. A, you made a cup of tea, which is great. I've got it here to warm my cold hands. It's cold. It's cold. I don't know when you're listening to this, but in the Midwest, on this date... In this century, in this year, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Or, ooh, it's cold outside. What movie is that from? Is it from Scrooge? No. Is it from <gasps> A Wonderful Life? I am so embarrassed. Is it from for you. Wizard of Oz? No. I don't know. <laughs> Bundle up, because it's cold outside. It's from Groundhog Day. Oh, oh my yeah. God. The movie that our marriage is based on. <laughs> People might not know that. We got married on Groundhog Day because. February 2nd, because we both love the movie Groundhog Day. So now I'm feeling very, un, very shook up by this, but we'll carry on. Very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. It's Saturday, December the 17th. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Sid Talk. Merry Christmas, but it's not Christmas unless they're listening to it. It's the season of goodwill. So I'm being goodwill to you. Correct. Okay. So it's after the show, 767. We're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week... We're looking at the movie Ticket to Paradise. It's a 2022 movie released on Blu-ray right now, rated PG-13 from our friends at Universal, who sent us a copy for review. Uh, Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the movie Ticket to Paradise. Some parents don't like that their daughter's getting married, and then in the process they're addressing their own flaws in their broken relationship. And it's George Clooney and Julia Roberts, and they are just being charming as always. Is I'll that get, on the box? Well, very close. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. Got it. Exactly what you said. Pretty close. You know when this um, movie it takes place in, is it Bali? Ba- Bali. Bali. Uh, the whole movie takes place in Australia. Oh, it was really? filmed in Australia. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. You wouldn't know, would you? Special know. effects, movie magic. Correct. Ticket to Paradise. What did you think? I enjoyed it. The end? Yes. I mean, it. Yeah. I enjoy it because there's not much to it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong? Is that, that's correct. It's kind of old school. You even said that, and I felt it while we were watching it. Like, it's okay. So here's the premise, right? 
Yes. The daughter, they're kind of pressing the daughter that they've had together, but they've been divorced a long time. She's gone to law school. The dad's very driven. The mom's like a owns art galleries or something, right? So they're very wealthy people. They are driving the daughter to be a you know successful attorney, presumably, so she can also be wealthy along with them. And she, after she graduates, she goes to Bali break after graduating and meets a dude and decides to get married. That's it. Okay, so in that process, in the whole of the movie, we kind of sort of get the hint that she wasn't in love with the idea of being a lawyer. She was just doing it because that's what was expected of her. But as soon as she meets this dude, who turns out to be a fine dude, there is no mention of her having a life at all. There is no... Okay, he is a seaweed farmer and lucky for everybody. He's a very wealthy seaweed farmer. Also, ticking a box there with a very old-fashioned idea that everybody's financially okay. I mean, he's very young also. Yeah, but he... Yeah, well, he's His family has done really well with the seaweed. Right, because they're selling it to Whole Foods. They make the whole deal. So we make sure everybody's rich, right? So that's number one. The men are rich. Yeah. Julia Roberts is Miss Independent, you know, middle-aging woman. Rich. Very great, great. Great for her. But also has a younger boyfriend who is basically a, I don't even know. Rich airline pilot. Yeah, it's a rich airline pilot who basically <laughs> worships the ground she walks on. So she doesn't have a lot of things going on there. And from the moment we meet the young dude on the island, our young woman who has now no life to speak of. They don't comment on, hey, she's going to be part of the farm. She's going to help on the farm. She's going to be the accountant or the attorney for the farm. She's going to... Have any life other than, I met this guy and it's beautiful here and I don't really want to be a lawyer. And so that's it. Right. But everyone else has a big, has a role and a future that is defined. Are you saying this is sexist? I don't even know if it's sexist. It's very weird. It's as if she's- It's a throwback, isn't it? She's absent from the story other than the link that brings these two together because they got pregnant when she, they they had her when they were pretty young, apparently. She's 25, so they weren't that young. I mean, let's be honest, Julia and George. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. Because <laughs> um, they are in their 80s. <laughs> well, they're not that old. <laughs> but, and so it's as if her only purpose is to be the little tie between them so that all these years later they realize they still kind of want to kind of sort of be together. There's no declaration of love or anything. I just kept wanting this young woman to have like a purpose or a... She's very good. I like that she stands up for herself and she tells them, you don't respect my own decisions. This is what I want in my life. You don't... I like all that part. There's some substance there to kind of who she is, but not about her story at all. I just felt like that was something hugely missing. Well, you know, when you go and do the seaweed farming part, you know, you're in that shallow water. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this movie is. (laughs) It's shallow. Shallow water. Because there's not really a lot to it, like you said. It's very basic. It is. It's a rom-com. Romantic comedy. comedy. I did laugh a lot. Of the old school type, including when I said to you, this feels very like 20 years ago, was when... At the end, when the credits rolled, there was a little box with outtakes in it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that takes me back. Like, it feels old. Like, the whole thing feels old school. It did. Not in a bad way, though. Um, but it's very, there's nothing. It's like a surface level. I mean, I like things a bit more raunchy and edgier in comedy, personally. <laughs> I prefer Bridesmaids to this. Let's, you know, Bridesmaids is still like a romantic comedy. It's just got a weird 
kind of edge sense of humor to it, right? True. This doesn't have the edge sense of humor at all, does it? It's the laughs. And, it's, and it, I laughed, you laughed. Yep. But they're very basic. It's relationship problems, laughs. Like, oh, I recognize that. Or like, yes. oh, clearly they've, you know, they hate each other. But now look, they're starting to like each other. It's like the movie we talked about, which now we know the name, The Lost City. The Lost City, yeah. It's fun and I'm not opposed to this. Don't get me wrong. I, everything doesn't need to I be like... I think there's room for all types. Of there movies. is. It's just that I was a little bit weirded out by the idea that the story of this young couple isn't really about the young couple. And I get it. We've it's got about the old the, couple. Yeah, exactly. But I would like to have had a little flip of that. But that being said, as they say, at the end of the day, all these other things that people say, I enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. What did you, know? you cry at? I cried at the notion of families having issues. Now, these are very, very kind of superficial issues. Don't get me wrong. This, there's nothing digging deep here about, like, truly brokenness or anything. Like, we find out neither of them cheated on each other. I thought we were going to find out she's the one that burned the house down. Like, when they were young and he was building the house and that's yes. what broke him up. I thought, oh, God. We're going to find out something sort of dark. <laughs> There's nothing dark, <laughs> There's ever. There's nothing like nothing. that. And yet, because the daughter does stand up for herself, and look, if you can't support me getting married and making my own decisions, then I don't really need you here. I, I'm choosing my life over making you happy. And I find that a very, like, I mean, it's poignant. That's the most, that's the most thin version of that, right? Because there are families where... We know families. I have family who are... Dysfunctional. Um, Dysfunctional isn't fair. It's more like the individuals in every direction... Are all different. Different and the expect... There's an old... Again, old-fashioned notion of... And just like in this movie, like they have an old-fashioned notion of this daughter. She's going to grow up. She's going to go to law school. Probably in their vision, she was going to meet some rich dude and they were going to have kids and they were all going to have little postcard Christmases, right? I mean, that's their old fashioned expectation. And while we can say it and it sounds really ridiculous, right? It's real. People really expect those things of their children or of their parents that you will be this and you should be this and you're not this. We were talking about this the other day because what were we watching? Oh, The Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. And one of the teens were saying how their family wanted them to be doctors. Yeah. And we keep hearing it like, uh, yeah. And then, they, and they always say, well, you know, I didn't become a doctor and I've always felt bad about it. Right. So it's like you're making your kids feel bad. Yeah. And on many levels of all different types of, of choices or of actual not accepting people who, for who they are or what they want in their life. And so that is what gets like they've they dug that just deep enough at the surface to make me be like, if only it were so easy as looking at a sunset and two of the people who are struggling to find something to bring them together could stand in front of that sunset. And in that moment, be like, you know what, we want to fix this and let's keep moving forward toward that instead of not at all. So that I think is. If you're thinking about that at all when you're watching this movie, then that's a little more substance. But then I made that up. So I just added it to it. And it's very PG. It's a PG-13. Very, which is fine. There's one it's... F word from that lady who gets off the plane. That's it, right? True. 
And that's it. And then the rest of it is all, there's no sex. <laughs> there's no nothing. No. There's a snake that bites somebody. You know, it's really, when I say it's nothing, <laughs> actually, when I think back of it, it does feel like it was kind of empty a, a bit. Are we saying it's a showcase for Julia and George? It clearly is, because they're the draw, aren't they? What would bring you in to watch this movie? Like, but it's also nice. Like, so I haven't seen these two for a while. I like them. And let's see what they do. And when they watch it, you feel comfortable because it's like what they do. Absolutely. Right? It feels like it from both of them. And there's nothing wrong with friendly, nice, escapist stuff. I have no problem with that. I'm just not that person who in that moment is like completely alleviated from all other concerns in life just because you put kind of a silly movie in front of me, right? So I don't have a lot of value in that, but I understand it. Yeah. And it's it's well made. It's very well like filmed and lit and, yeah. you know, it sounds good. The whole thing is well made. It's a very, I don't know, is it like a product? <laughs> I was just about to say it's a good product. I mean, they all are. It feels like a product. Right? They yeah. all are, let's be honest. And it feels like if you look at the front cover of this, uh, it looks, that's something that will sell very easily, right? Absolutely. Look <laughs> <laughs> it is literally Julie Roberts and George Clooney dressed up nicely. Looking, looking at each other. Kinda, he's not kinda. looking at her. They're just looking like, hey. It's, hey, look, it's us. <laughs> Come remember watch us? this movie. <laughs> Come watch this movie that we're in. You remember Pretty Woman, don't you? It's me. <laughs> N-E-R. <laughs> yeah. Remember us? It's exactly that. So <laughs> it's very commercially. But it's also fine. There is nothing like it's not. I wasn't offended by it. No. I th thought the humor was pretty good in some parts. I'm not trying to be wishy-washy. I'm just saying I wasn't bored. I wasn't sick of it. I cared about what was going to happen, even though I was pretty sure what was going to happen. So it was a fun, nice experience, but it is empty calories. Did, right? what, did what happen? Was it what you thought would happen? Yeah. Tried to veer off a little bit and... Yeah, well, so what happened? We're going to spoil it then. Yeah, spoilers. So the idea is these two are argumentative. They're really sick of each other. They have nothing nice to say. And of course, we soften that up throughout the course of the movie. And she has a boyfriend who, you know, proposes to her, Julia Roberts, but she's not totally into it. And they find out that the reasons they broke up maybe weren't the reasons they both thought they were. And so 19 years later... You get the vibe like, oh, they're going to try again. Yeah. And then at the end, they decide to... Not try again. No, they did. They well, chucked, They jumped in and... Yeah, well... Were you not watching the same movie? I would say, like, the kiss scene, let me say, was the scene where I thought, oh, this is just going to go full, you know. No, they jumped off the boat saying... Yeah, no, said, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going back a little bit. So there's a scene where they kiss and they kind of... Look at each other and go, no, 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 no. We can't do this. This is the wrong. This is wrong. And you thought that was enough to th make you think that wasn't going to happen? <laughs> no. And then later on, it, I feel like it did happen. We we just don't, we just see them jump off a boat to go to our... Like, we're going to stay here, basically. You think it? Of course, it did. they didn't have sex or anything. They just have decided they're going to give it another we're try. We're going to stay in paradise. Yes. With their daughter yeah. on this beautiful island. So. How annoying is that for the daughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. Mom and dad are going to stay with because us. Because even though they're rich, they're going to have to have a place to stay, at least yeah. temporarily. I was so. like, daughter was probably, you know, she's like, okay, I've had enough of mom and dad. Oh, shit. Now they're staying. They're coming. Forever. Great. I Possibly. wanted her friend to say, guess what? I'm not leaving. Because her friend is her best friend and like her sister and she didn't have much of a part. But it's 
I thought a friend should have had more because they portrayed her as like, she's drinking a lot. What? She's fun. Is she sad? I don't know. Like, because there's nothing. Sad and lonely and she's a... But they never do anything with her. They never have her meet anybody or anything. We did have a moment. We both worried that they were going to have the best friend of the daughter sleep with the dad, but they didn't. But this movie is not dark in any way, so... No, they didn't approach that subject, so that was good because that would have been creepy. So I I would say, like, anybody... You can sit and watch this with the kids there. It won't matter. The whole thing is... The one swear word, but... Yeah, just cover their ears for one second. (laughs) It's family friendly. I don't generally watch movies like this, I would say. I don't seek them out. I do watch them because we review all kinds of movies, right? Correct. But I don't generally seek them out. Does it bore you? No, I don't think they do if they're well made. Or it could be if they're well made or I like the people who are in it. And I happen to like George Clooney and um, Julia Roberts. Probably for different reasons than other people. Oh, why? Well, you've seen other movies with George Clooney that you've liked. You didn't. You weren't an ER person or no. anything like that. You've seen The American, which is a different kind of. Love that movie. Yeah, exactly. So, you, and Julia Roberts. I mean, yes, you've seen her in her bits and pieces movies, but I don't know what you are fond of her from. I really like Pretty Woman. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> Thought it was a really cool. No, Mystic movie. Pizza. Mystic Pizza is the one that started it all. I think. Which one? Mystic Pizza. I've I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. No. I think. I mean, I could have the wrong old brain happening right now. I do. It's very nostalgic. Pretty Woman for the eighty. You know, like absolutely. As a so I do like it for that. Like it sticks out. I'm sure it's very incorrect on many levels. I haven't watched it. I'm to sure. Think of it with that kind of a brain, but yeah. All right, so let's get on to the cast here. George Clooney plays David Cotton. Are you a Clooney fan? Um, Do you swoon at the Cloon? I don't. I really don't. I don't find his type of how he is either in interviews or necessarily the characters he plays to be that appealing. So I understand, but I find him very indulgent and kind of up his own ass. I'm sure he's a fine human being. But when I watch scenes with him and then they show you the extras, I'm like, yep, he's being Mr... (laughs) I'm George Clooney, you know, and that doesn't appeal to me in real life. And so it's hard for me to, I can't get behind that. Yeah. I noticed people around him, even in those extras were like, Hey, it's George Clooney. Exactly. Like he's a brand or something. I mean, he is. And I don't take away from like, Oh, you know, he's done this forever and ever. And he's done some good stuff. I get that. That's his his lot in this life. Right. But no, I don't go, oh, George Clooney's in it. I have to see it. In fact, I might be going like, mm. All right, Julia Roberts as Georgia Cotton. What do you think of Julia? I always like Julia Roberts, I think. I mean, I don't think I've ever watched anything that's unappealing. No? That I can think of. So if I can't think of it, then. We grew up with her, right? Well, we didn't grow up with her. She wasn't in our house, but <laughs> she kind of was because she was on TV and on movies. Not on TV, was she? Not when we were growing up. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you What year was Pretty to, Woman? When was Pretty Woman? Mm-hmm. Was it in the 90s? I feel like it was, but I don't know 100%. I'll so, call it the 90s. You'll 1999. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm loading IMDb as we speak. That's very um, wrong. We actually. didn't grow up with her. I know you have a little bit of a distorted view of your past and your 
childhood slash early I try and adulthood. nix the first 17 years of my right. life. Right, and then you seem to feel like your youth starts when you're like 22. Yeah, well, I feel like it did. <laughs> that was how, how it happened. But that's not reality, unfortunately, that Julia Roberts was not in movies when you were a child. Because how old is she? She's not even that much older than us. Elderly. tell you said that i'm calling her we have we have a weekly phone call i'm sure she guessed where we chat and i'm gonna say do you know what he said this week oh my god (laughs) elderly julia elderly julia (laughs) i like julia in this anyway she was very very fun yes i mean fine just fine and i'm i'm happy to see i know this is gonna sound very like i'm pigeonholing but i'm glad to see women in movies where we're not actually getting rid of every wrinkle and every little chin that's hanging down. I mean, it's like she just looks like she's a successful middle-aged woman. There's a scene where she wakes up after a (laughs) booze-fueled night. It's very funny. It was. Yeah. She didn't care. She was just like, No, no. We've got Arielle Carver O'Neill as Kimberly. That's the daughter. What do you think of her? I thought she was really good. There were scenes when she was genuinely, like, grappling with having to basically disappoint her parents yeah and also live her own life the script doesn't give her a lot though does it even though she's like the focal point like you said there's not much to her she keeps getting sidelined because the elderly people come along (laughs) the fame the more famous elderly people yeah we got billy lord as ren butler this is her friend and billy is carrie fisher's daughter she was in star wars some of the star wars movies what do you think of her I thought she was fine. A little over the top for the drunken friend who just wants to party their way through this whole situation. But also poignant because, I mean, she's just right there with her. She's not going anywhere. She's a real friend. Correct. And so I liked her. But like you said, I would like for her to have something a bit more or more impact on her friends. She was there to support her, but you didn't get a lot of that. Like, No. We've got uh, Maxine Boutier. I think that is, as Geddy. He's the husband-to-be husband. He was good. Yeah, very good. I thought he was good, too. He was very funny when it called for him to be funny. FYI, Pretty Woman, 1990. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got Lucas Bravo as Paul. Paul's the airline pilot. He was (laughs) quite funny, actually. He was funny. (gasps) Julia Roberts is nine days older than me. I thought you were going to say she's deceased. (laughs) No! She's nine days. She was born October 28, 1967. That lines up. You're calling her elderly. (laughs) Well, you know, I call me and you elderly anyway. Elderly is my... If you're over 50, you're elderly to me. Oh, my God. That's funny. This is directed by Ole Parker. You know what he directed? He directed the sequel to Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and Imagine Me and You, another romantic kind of comedy. What do you think of his directing? It was fine. It's functional, isn't it? It's it's. There's some gorgeous stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. No, it's no. got some of the... Because the directing has to just basically show you the two people doing the scene, laying in the bed or standing next to each other. Lots of two shots, as they call them. Lots of sunsets or big sweeping gorgeous landscapes right if the director is the one who kind of ties everything together on the set 
I'm pretty sure that our two elderly stars are the ones might have been in charge. Maybe not of every decision, but they probably set the mood and the I tone. would think so. <laughs> and made everyone else feel obligated to like, we know they're good, so we have to be good. So I don't know. I don't know his role. I'd have to see him in an interview or something to So uh, universally, you can have this for the box quote for the Blu-ray. You can have me saying, there's nothing wrong with it. In quotes. <laughs> <laughs> to get to paradise there's nothing wrong with it it's a pretty good review i mean i don't know if that's 100 accurate but that's fair <laughs> yeah all right imdb reviews what are those the name is kind of in the the name there i mean that what is... it is it's imdb which is the internet movie database.com if you didn't know that already people can write reviews we're putting reviews in quotation marks <laughs> And yes. people, and people also in quotation marks, because literally anyone on the planet sometimes could go on there. You don't have to prove that you've seen the movie. See, there's no like vetting process. So I could go on there and review 10,000 movies with this one phrase, waste of time. I want my hour and a half back. That's one of our favorites. That is. <laughs> or worst movie ever made. Talking of worst movie ever made, here's the first one. <laughs> Worst movie ever. Oh, my God. I saw this movie because I both love George and Julia, and I thought this was going to be a funny movie. Well, I was completely wrong. The writing for the movie was horrible, and honestly, I feel like the weight was on both of them, and I feel like it could have been done better by them. So I ended up leaving half an hour into the movie, which I haven't done ever before. I do not recommend this movie. Again, nothing against Julia and George, but I would have picked a better way of making this movie. And not have it be boring. I mean, that's a person who took the time. They didn't. Oh, this is a new favorite of mine. I'm writing this review while I'm in the theater watching yeah. this movie. It's so bad. So they didn't do that. So we're giving them credit. I, I don't disagree with. I don't know what they're expecting of these two people, but. All right. Number two says, my husband was being sweet and offered to watch this movie with me. I like Julia Roberts and I like romantic movies. Notting Hill is one of my favourites. So I was happy to start with this. But also I was happy to stop my misery after 15 minutes. The movie was so bad. And then the characters of Julia and George. I just could not watch this badly written movie. How on earth did they say yes to this movie? My parents are divorced and do not like each other. But this is so over the top. Please do not make yourself or your loved ones watch this. Okay. I'm on board with this. The opening of the movie is them being so hateful to each other in that sort of, again, old fashioned. I listen to a lot of old timey radio shows and there is a chronic and I mean chronic hateful banter. It was the he said, she said thing at the beginning. Well, it's just a constant snotty with each other and ha just really extreme. And then, you know, well, we have we can only go one direction, right? It can only get better because they're being so ridiculously hateful to each other. So yeah. I'm, I don't disagree with that. They backed off on that pretty quickly. They did because they wanted us to see the the new evolution of their relationship. Yeah. Right? The, this problem with the daughter that they've got will connect them. Correct. Yes. That's the premise of the whole movie. And number three says, even famous actors can deliver very boring and flat performances as if they're too old for the job. Overall, very boring movie. The only thing that would make this movie even more silly and wasteful for the crew 
and actors to wear a mask just to be safe. Thank you. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I had to throw a political commentary in there about the current state of affairs. I feel like he was writing two things and they got somehow <laughs> pasted into the same document. Uh, that's, how, that's how I felt. That one was a bit lackluster. It was. I give your review a one out of ten. <laughs> Can you review the reviews? Holy shit. All right. So extras, there are some making ofs. If you stay tuned after that, there's a, a blooper reel of sorts. You'll get to see how this was made. How was it made, Sid Talk, do you think? <laughs> a bunch of people went, went to, to an island. Australia, because you said it's not yes, people. Yes, Australia. And uh, a lot of rich people stood around waiting for Laugh their in. cues. Yep. And then um, some other people filled in the background for them. <laughs> they did some filming of some cameras and some audio. And then an editor and you know cut it all together. And then the distributor put it out. And then it got put on some discs or a streaming service. Or on a hard drive somewhere in the cloud. And now we watched it. Do I need to explain this to you again? Yes, every week. <laughs> Extras, yes, there are some. This is the Blu-ray. It comes with a DVD. Do you remember those things? You also get a DVD copy just Do in I case. Do I remember them? Well, yeah. We have a few. And it also comes with a digital copy. So let's give this movie, Ticket to Paradise, a score. I'm going to give Ticket to Paradise a right in the middle, 5 out of 10. I think five is fair, except I really did have fun. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a six. All right. I think we were both very fair. Thanks. Thank you. Next week, we'll review another movie. We don't know what it is yet, but we will next week. Movie recommendations. <laughs> I'm was going. great. <laughs> what? That was great. Thank you. We're gonna, we don't know what it is. We don't know what the heff it is. We're gonna. We're so. gonna watch one. Stay tuned. Movie recommendations, I am going with Pretty Woman and Ocean's Eleven. I just tried to think of two films I liked from the elderly couple, <laughs> and it was those two. You know, I could get divorce you for uh, your elderly comments. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. We could make it into a movie like this, you know? Guaranteed, nobody's going to come see us as elderly people in a movie. So my recommendations, is that what you're asking? I have not said anything. Do you want to know what they are? Yes. <laughs> I'm going back to the 90s. Now I'm in 1997, I think. And my five movies from the list of movies I've seen of all time that I can remember that I've seen and I'm making a list of are Event Horizon. Probably not great, but I loved it at the time. There's another good review comment for you. <laughs> I love it now, but in 10 years, I might not love it anymore. It's actually good, Event Horizon. G.I. Jane. It's good. It was all right. The Game, which I loved at the time. David Fincher. Michael Douglas. Uh, Sean, I mean. Penn. Penn, yes. Suicide Kings. Oh, I like that one. Christopher a Walken. Yes, and Gattaca. A futuristic kind of a thing. Very good. Um, Uma Thurman and, you know, the guy. That guy. <laughs> Her husband, future husband, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, yes. Oh, yeah, they were married. Even Horizon came out at a time when they were kind of doing some big announcements of discoveries of understandings at the time of black holes. And so the event horizon, if you don't know this, I'm giving you a little science lesson, is apparently the area as you're approaching the black hole. And in that area, of course, it's unexplored and no one knows. But the fictional version is that something very fucked up happens to people in these spaceships if they approach it. And uh, it's like chaos and evil and... Yep. It's kind of bizarre. It's very gory. 
Mm-hmm. Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing a couple of games this week. One game called Soccer Story on the PS5. Did you see any of this one? No. Okay, so an RPG is 8-bit style, and it's about soccer, a.k.a. football. And it's, you know, that old-school, top-down RPG style, like what the uh, Super Nintendo used to do. It's like that. But uh, it's a world, a soccer world, let's say. You're a little soccer player guy. And something happens that causes the world to get messed up. And then you have got to go around as this little RPG soccer guy, uh, correcting everything and making the world a a soccer place. There's like little uh, mini games where you actually play games of soccer. But mostly it's an RPG. Like you get a quest from somebody and the quest is like, oh, we've got to rebuild the stadium. So like you need to find this, that and the other and you bring it back. It's that kind of game. So you have to like... Uh, the old school 8-bit, 16-bit slash RPGs. You've never played any of those, Sidtok? No. Uh, I played a lot of them back in the day, Final Fantasies, that kind of thing, on those old. I've but seen them, and they look super boring. Yeah, you know what they are. You've yeah. seen many of them. Uh, it kind of looks like how Animal Crossing looks. You know? it's got that, old Sims. Yeah, that perspective. Now Sims, you know. And it's all about getting a quest and finishing the quest, getting the upgrades from the quest, you know, that kind of... Mm. gameplay which if you think about it like most even modern video games like horizon forbidden west they also use that mechanic Mm -hmm. you get a quest you they all do yeah all of them even your racing game that you're playing it's it's the thing isn't it it's the video game thing the trope so it's called soccer story it's available on all the platforms switch included uh but i played the ps5 quite fun i also played some more need for speed unbound when i was saying it was like really hard last week I finished the first main race, which was really, really, really difficult. It took me about took me 10 attempts to do it. But after the first race, they you get, for winning the race, you get a new car. And the new car is a Land Rover that I got. And the game has become increasingly more easy for me having this different car. The first car was very difficult to handle. So if you're playing it and you think it's too hard, stick in there, finish the first it's the first quarter of the game, basically. And they'll give you this uh, gift car. And the car's much more fun and much easier to drive. So I just wanted to mention that. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Well, well, I had half a can of... Why are we telling them what we're having for dinner? Why do they care? Uh, it's just a part of our podcast. And the, uh, by now, we're used to it. They're used to it, our listeners. Yeah, but why do we tell them? We're vegetarians. <laughs> we became vegetarians a long time ago now. 2009. We're always, you know, on the hunt for something. You know, when you subtract meat from your diet, you're always on the hunt for something cool to eat. Correct. It's not meat. But what we've discovered in the last years, it's that I actually disagree with what you just said. Okay. I'm not on the hunt for anything that's not meat. Well, on the hunt for new things, I'm, I think. I think when you eat meat, you just like kind of eat like this, that, and the other that you're always like. But when you don't, for some reason, you become more adventurous in the food realm. Okay, now that you've said it that way, I'm on board. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was just like the movie Ticket to Paradise. We we disagreed and now we're good. We're good. We're all good. Uh, We'll get back (laughs) together for the sake of the child that we don't have. So what I'm making tonight or today, you have taught me through our HelloFresh experiences, and I'm sure everyone else knows this anyway, from just cooking food, that if you make soup... You should make at least the base of it 
early in the day. Yes. And then get it, let it sit all day or however long. I like to call it fester. <laughs> it festers for a while. That's what some people are going to think like, oh, you're eating food that's been sitting on the stove all day. Yes. <laughs> I come from a family where my grandma would finish breakfast, and if there was an egg, a fried egg, and a piece of bacon, and a piece of toast, she would lay it on a little plate, a clean plate, set it on the back of the stove, and it would just sit there all day. And then at lunch, if she wanted to just pick up that egg from breakfast and eat it, she would. So yeah, and I'm still here, so. So what I made was, I had half a can of coconut milk, because we had curry last night, which was amazing, right? And I opened a can of Campbell's tomato soup. We are not sponsored. It just happens to be Campbell's tomato soup. I put the curry or the coconut milk in the tomato soup. I also added curry powder and onions that I browned up a little bit before and a handful of peas that I kind of all cooked in the curry and kind of let it all sit there for a little bit. Then put all, all that together and have uh, brought it up to the boil, let it sit. And I mean, oh my God, it's so good. I can't wait. And then we have nan bread to go with it and some chicken, not chicken. Fake chicken, yeah. Fake chicken pieces that will fry up to go with it. And also, or, or we'll just have the tofu that I cooked yesterday because I have little tofu bites that I made that are also delicious, like super delicious, like little bites of tofu with a lot of flavor on them and just delicious. So that's it. That's what we're having. And what's your advice? You need my, to continue with that. My advice is going along with what I was saying earlier, like, but. A little bit different that in life, and I understand that there are people who are that won't fit into this exactly. So, you know, give me a little bit of space here. But we need to remember to love people for who they are, not for who you want them to be or demand that they become or expect them to be on any level, right? If you're going to love someone, and I mean love, not like, you know oh, this is my friend at work and we get along great and like, I love her, but that that's a kind of love. But I'm talking about people, your children, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, your siblings, your spouse, your parents, the, your lifelong friends who have like been in your life forever or the friends that you connect with at some point in your life who you cannot imagine living your life without, right? That could have been five days ago or five years or 50 years, but the love you have for them needs to be for who they are, not who you've designed in your mind they should be. And so that everything they do or say or life that they live that doesn't fit in your little designation thing shouldn't chip away at actual love. I don't have to spend every minute or every holiday or every day or any, any amount of time with certain people in my family and even friends because we don't we care about each other and I have love for them, but I don't need to be up close. I can let them be who they are. I don't need to control anything about them. People closer up in my life, I need to let closer in my life. And at the same time, I have to go, okay, I don't even understand this life you live. I mean, I, I have no judgment. I have no permission or I don't need to give you my pat on the back or anything. I just love you. That's it. Now, there's a there's a little rule here, though. If this person is dangerous or damaging, harming people, harming you, that's a different category. I'm just talking about in life. You know, you want like you said earlier, if you said you think, well, my niece, um, uh, whatever, let's make up a thing. They've gone to like 
EMT school and they've spent all this money and now they've ch- decided to go like be a, str- a pole dancer in a bar. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even, we don't even have to say that's fine. It's not for me to approve or disapprove. My love for the person has nothing to do with anything other than if they need me or they want my support or to know that I'm there for them, that's it. There isn't, I have no place in injecting my opinion unless it's asked for or I'm intervening when I actually see physical harm happening, right? I mean, there are situations, but you just need to go, you know what? I just love you. And that's it. I have no control or hold or expectation that you need to meet because it's not my life. It's your, you're a whole separate human entity from me. And if I don't love who you are, then maybe we need to just not be connected as the same as we are, right? We can move apart a little bit. I can just love knowing that I have loved you and we're at a distance, whatever. I don't know how else to better put it, but you just need to love people for who they are. And as soon as you start applying like, yeah, but why didn't she do this? And why can he do that? And why don't they do this the way I want? I mean, that's not love, is it? No. I feel like that's self-loathing. If anything else, it's you hating yourself for not making those choices or for having made those choices. And now you're bitter and you just want to take someone down with you. I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. So I have sort of rambled a little bit there, but you get what I'm saying. All right. Ascully.com is the website you can get this uh, podcast from. You can go to anchor.fm slash after the show. Spotify, iTunes, where else, Sid Talk? I don't know. Amazon Music, <laughs> you could go there. I'm not the technical support here. You can also go to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where Sid Talk and A Scully, we're on there, you can find us. If you look at my Instagram, you're mostly going to see gardening pictures, there's a current Christmas tree picture, and sometimes a picture of my face. Okay. <laughs> Elderly Instagram. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You can email feedback oh to me. Oh, God. Ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want any of your emails. <laughs> she actually doesn't understand how to use email. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm finally, laughing on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Stay classy, Mr. Clooney and Mrs. Mrs. Roberts. I don't and, know. And keep being charming. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to say... Think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, somebody's trying to do it for you. <laughs>